0: Welcome to
1: the Bad Preaching Podcast with Pastor Brad and Pastor Greg. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Bad Preaching Podcast. This is Pastor Brad. Uh, Pastor Brad. This is Pastor Greg. <laughs> and and Pastor Greg. We're switching names for the day. We're switching names for the day. I'm Pastor Greg, and this is I'm
0: Pastor Brad. So,
1: <laughs> welcome to the Bad Preaching Podcast. We, we should get a little bit of slack today because we're in the middle of...
0: Apple butter.
1: Apple butter, yes. The busy time. Busy time. 52 or 53 year tradition. And so uh, speaking of heritage in the Nortonville Church of God, we have a great rich heritage. And one gentleman who is part of that is with us today. And Pastor Thurman Collier... Welcome, Pastor Thurman Collier.
2: Thanks for the invitation. It's good to be with you guys today.
1: It is awesome to have you, sir. And uh, I just thought it would be great to interview you, maybe just have some conversation and let you talk about the heritage here at this church. Uh, any memories, uh, people, or just some things that might come to your mind. And and then in the next segment, maybe we can talk about City of Refuge, a powerful ministry that, uh, that you're leading up in Hopewell.
2: Sure. Yeah. That's sort of funny. And I'm here today during apple butter time because so much of my heritage that I remember as a kid growing up was surrounding events like this and the church and the community coming together. Of course, if you know me, you know I'm a part of a big family that's a part of Nortonsville. And uh, (laughs) just everything about my life, childhood up until I was a grown man and had kids of my own was really centered around this church and this community.
1: It's pretty powerful, and you've been involved in so many aspects of this church. So one thing that first comes to mind, you know, a lot of people talk about apple butter, certainly, with Nortonsville, but also music. So um, tell us a little bit about your time here in music. I know you you sang, and there was a group. You guys traveled?
2: Yes, we did. A little group called the Joint Heirs yes. uh, many, many years ago before I left. <laughs> In 97, um, I I kid with my folks back home because I still sing occasionally. Seems like I'm called to sing at funerals more than anything. I don't know if I particularly care for that, but... Anyway, um, uh, when I was told a story, I don't remember this too well, but this is early, one of the early stories. My grandmother, my dad's mother, Grandma Laura, uh, obviously with my dad and his family were very uh, involved in music in the church, uh, at an early, and of course, my grandfather was one of the charter members here. At the George, Collier. George, Collier, George Collier. George Collier. Yeah. Collier. And yes. he, uh, story goes that my grandfather was one of the first music leaders. They didn't really have a music leader, but he, uh, he, Sort of stepped up for him and and started leading music. I don't know that I never met him, but they say he wasn't the best singer, but he did a good job for what they needed. And from his willingness to, to share and to give of himself out of that rose up, you know, a bunch of singers, a bunch of musicians and generational. uh, Yeah. In fact, yes, many of the individuals you see on the stage here on Sunday mornings were. Uh, a, a part of that family. and Down
1: to the great, the, these that are, the are on great, the great, stage great, now. Grand, yeah, great-great-grandkids. So yeah. isn't that amazing? Yeah, and it's wow, uh, pretty cool.
2: But I was told that um, when I was little, probably about two or three, that okay. Daddy had taught me to sing Jesus Loves Me. <laughs> and uh, evidently he wanted me to sing it for his mama. Wow. And being yeah. a two- or three-year-old, trying to be a little stubborn, uh, I think I refused from what I was told. <laughs> and then my dad gave me the right hand to fellowship, <laughs> and I ain't stopped singing motivation. since. Motivation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they gave you a lot of motivation. Yeah. And
2: so we were just raised, and one of the first groups I sang in here with, with uh, my niece, Debbie, and my cousin, Nancy, we sang together. We sang in Teen Talent, actually. How
1: about that? Teen and, Talent? Um,
2: okay. So we sang cool. together, and then, of course, everybody in the family always sang a lot together. Then when I was uh, starting to raise my family, um, uh, I was asked to join with Nelson and, and Allison Morris, uh-huh. my cousin and his wife, and Rick Morris, Yes, and we formed the joint heirs. And so we literally sang every Sunday wow. here at this church. Wow, every <laughs> uh, Sunday. I don't know if they got tired of it, but you know, they loved <laughs> us so much they didn't tell yeah. us, so they just kept letting us sing. Yeah.
1: No, I don't think they got tired of it. I think they would probably want it even today. So <laughs> Some of them, every time
2: I show up here, are you want going you to sing? sing? Are you going yeah. to sing? In like, fact, yeah. I came to preach about a couple months ago and uh, they were more concerned about what song I was going, going to, to sing and what sermon I was going to preach. <laughs> That's great.
1: That's great. Well, Nortonsville, when I think of Nortonsville, a lot of people think, of course, apple butter and the music, but also the, the ministry to young people. You've been a part of that too. And now help me here... Were you the first person that this church would have considered youth pastor?
2: Actually, yes. We've always had a a pretty vibrant youth ministry here. In Uh fact, when I was a kid, I mean, we had a lot of teenagers and we do different things. Youth camps were huge here. Right. When I was a kid, uh, you know, my most powerful memories as a child was on the campground in Roanoke, but it was because yeah. of this church and its yeah. involvement. Uh, brother Beavers, who was one of our pastors, started taking us. Brother Deal and his family were real big, but, um, yeah, when I really felt the call to ministry, uh, Pastor David Allison, my, you know, he was my mentor early on, really had a, a tremendous amount of influence. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they, sort of acknowledge that I was the youth pastor and that I was over the youth ministry. And so, yeah, we, we, uh, we were the first designated, even though yeah. there are others, youth leaders, um, tremendous youth leaders in the church. Yeah. I was the first designated, designated youth pastor of the church.
1: Pastor. And you worked another job though, right? Yeah. You were not full-time.
2: No. Um, when I was here, I was working for state farm insurance. Okay, And, uh, that was my secular full-time job. And then my, yeah ministry full time job I was here at Nortonsville and yeah. whatever they wanted me to do, I would do. If they wanted me to sing, I'd sing, lead youth ministry, children's ministry stir apple butter,
1: did, did carry those big done. old sacks of apples. <laughs>
2: that's back before this church was built So
1: wow.
0: in that little fellowship
2: hall.
1: Over in the other building. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't remember. That's where Brad's at now. Yeah, right? that's where
0: our, our youth group meets there every Wednesday at yes. that little old fellowship hall. So Yeah, it's pretty small, peeling <laughs> yeah. apples down that cellar, but we did whatever we needed to do. It's yeah. think about I when you see. We're, we're spread out across that fellowship hall. Now sometimes it feels crowded. Yes. I can imagine all of us back down in that fellowship hall over there.
2: Crazy to yeah. think about isn't it? There are right. meal functions yes. during church, and we had about 100 people here. Yeah. So imagine about 100 wow. people slammed down in Into that little that fellowship, fellowship hall. hall. <laughs> we were a close family. <laughs>
1: Close-knit <laughs> yeah. close church right there, yeah. right? Literally. Right. In every way. <laughs> in every way. Well, I, and you know, talking about that, too. We're, we're hitting some really pivotal things that have happened through the years. The development of the music. That's so generational and it continues on. The the young people and the youth and the intentional focus. And then right as you left, and I think you had some influence in this, among others, of saying, Okay, let's make this youth pastor position full time. That was a key monumental decision in this church, and the building of this building. So you know, so
2: they were actually had started this building, um, had put the foundation in. And it was, it was a call. It wasn't anything. I just, I knew that God had called me away from here. One of the hardest decisions. Oh, I bet. Ever made. I was 32 oh. years old, had four kids. Wow. Yeah. And walked away from... All the security that I'd ever oh, known, and
1: from a beautiful place. Oh, with God, beautiful and, people. Yeah,
2: my dad had given me the land to build yeah. a house, and yeah, so man. all my family's right there. Everything I'd known as far as my earthly security, right, right. But I just felt compelled by the Holy Spirit. That's mm-hmm. the only thing I can tell you was the Holy Spirit just told me, you know, you know, sort of that scripture came to mind, like Jesus telling you know his his disciples, you know, to leave everything and follow Him, and. That was hard. The hardest conversation I ever had was telling my daddy mm. that I was leaving. Oh, and uh, he never truly really could grasp it. He didn't understand. In fact, mm. I was telling somebody just recently, my dad, who grew up within five miles of this place. Yes. Never left this place. Yeah. He, he was almost 90 years old when he died. All of his life. And when I moved to Chesapeake, which was flatland in his mind, <laughs> he told me one time, he said, son. How in the world a man could wake up and not see a mountain outside his window and think he's <laughs> home is beyond me. That so, is amazing. You know, it was a tough transition, but yeah. it was good. And yeah, when you know when, when I left, so the church good. made that decision, which was the best decision the church could yeah. make. Yeah.
1: Well, and we're coming up on a break. Um, and we'll, we we want to talk about your ministry, you know, past and present, uh, your church, and also the city of refuge ministry when we come back from break. But the Lord many times stretches us, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And and I live through a somewhat similar to what you're talking about but the lord had us to move across the state too and it was part of his plan and i look in my life and you look in yours and we see the lord stretched us grew us in ways that we never would have grown um the lord knows best
2: yes he does but
1: we will be right back after this break bad preaching podcast you don't want to miss the second part of this production
0: hi this is josie we hope you are enjoying this episode of the bad preaching podcast Please join Pastor Brad and Pastor Greg each week and enjoy the discussion. Find our weekly sermons on Facebook or YouTube. Just search Nortonsville Church of God or visit our website for a podcast recording of each sermon at nortonsvillecog.com.
1: Well, welcome back to the Bad Preaching Podcast.
0: We're back here with me, Pastor Greg, and Pastor Thurman. Uh, and Pastor Thurman, you mind telling us more about your transition from ministry here to doing full-time ministry away from home?
2: Yeah, that was a pivotal time in my life, and um, it took me about a year, really, to become accustomed to being away from home. Mm. Um, I would be in Chesapeake, and we would come back, and we came back pretty often there for the first six months to a year, about once a month or so. And I would literally, Pastor I worked for, Pastor Randy Wooden, would say, I'd hate to see you go home because you'd come back and you'd be in a funk for about two or three days oh. until you'd come out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd get homesick, you know, yeah. missing mm-hmm. folks and feel like I was missing out on some things here. But eventually, you know, it, it, it became ordinary for me mm-hmm. and my, my family got adjusted. And we spent three wonderful years working as youth pastors and the worship leaders at what was then Great Bridge Church of God. Mm-hmm. Then we... Went through some transitions. I did some work down in southwest Virginia. Chill Howie. Chill Howie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Chill Howie Church of God, pastor there for a season. Then actually Nortonsville uh, was real pivotal in my life again, therefore stretched, because I started a church or attempted to plant a church in Harrisonburg, Virginia. And I came here and I attended Nortonsville for... About eighteen months, and during uh, that time, during that time. Okay. and they brought me some support. I lived with Wayne and Joyce, my sister and her husband, okay. for a season, and we uh, had to transition away from that. Learned some valuable lessons. I've mm-hmm. often told people I learned a lot from mistakes because I made a lot of. Right. Sometimes and, we uh,
1: learn the most from mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> and
2: uh, sort of, Truly. I really God did a lot of work in me. Somebody asked me one time, "When you went on that little journey, uh, did you miss God?" And I said, "You know." I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think uh, at that time, God had to do a work in me mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. he could really do a work through me. That's and good. there was some things, sort of that wilderness time of my life in mm-hmm. ministry. And then I went back to Great Bridge for another uh, couple of years. It was actually five years the first year and then first time and then three years the second. And then. In 2007, the Lord opened the door for me to go to Hopewell to be the pastor of South Hopewell Church of God, which we're now City Point Restoration. But mm-hmm. I was really prepared from all that I experienced, whether it be through my time and season here at Nortonsville and my journey since. But yeah, the journey has been wonderful, and we've experienced a lot of things and learned a lot. And uh, it was it was awesome. And I, you know where we're at now, God's placed us.
0: Yeah. No, that's amazing. I I never even knew that you were in Harrisonburg for that season. I never knew about that season in your life. Yeah, that was one of those things I don't talk a whole lot about. Yeah,
2: Because, man, that was a tough stretch. And, uh, you know, it was—I wouldn't want to go through it again. Yeah. But I wouldn't trade the experience for anything because I probably learned— I'm a better pastor today because I went there and experienced that. Mm -hmm. And so I I think, like I said, God works through— Many different things in our life. He even works during those seasons. Some people, you know, they think, "Well, what is God doing?" Well, just just wait. He'll reveal Himself in due season. But you gotta you gotta finish that part of your life before He can open the door to yeah. the next part.
0: Because now you're you're at where you're at now because of that season you went through.
2: Exactly. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have gotten to I wouldn't have gotten to Hopewell had I not gone through here
0: yeah. probably. You mind telling us a little bit about the ministry that's going on at Hopewell? Yeah, I've been there 15 years. Actually,
2: i am just celebrating my 15th year 15th. Some, yeah, an anniversary yeah. here. Awesome. So yeah. um, I got there in 2007. It was a it was a great group of people, loved me. We were more uh, elderly congregation, uh, sitting right smack dab in the middle of Hopewell. Hopewell's an industrial old town, uh, really thrived during the beginnings of the Industrial Revolution. Mm-hmm. But You know, it's, it's got a lot of poverty now, a lot of uh, folks that are in crisis, to be honest with you. And I was there for several years and we just built the church and built rapport, built trust. And then we started, you know, looking at where God had us. And um, I began to really pray, seek the Lord. God, you got us in this community. What are we supposed to do? And then I heard a good friend of mine mentioned, said, if you really want to be effective, see the need and meet the need. Mm -hmm. And. I really begin to uh, see some doors open up for us to do some things to really begin to make a difference in the community. And through that, we've been able to build ministry and opportunities and uh, just God's
0: doing some wonderful things through the
2: ministry there in Hopewell.
0: Yeah. Is that how it opened up for City of Refuge? Yeah, I've actually,
2: I'd been there about seven years uh, and really had reached that point in time where you're saying, all right, Lord, am I supposed to continue to do ministry mm-hmm. here or do you want me to walk into another door mm-hmm. or open another door? And I was really struggling. And in 2014, I took Vicky and the family and we went to Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, actually, a Nortonsville connection.
1: <laughs> I, was sit- I was sitting here thinking, Bruce Steele. Bruce Steele, who is connection, his yes, dad. Yes.
2: You know, Nortonsville has more influence than Nortonsville realizes That's amazing. sometimes. But, amazing, yes. Um, those childhood friendships yes. that I developed at Nortonsville. Yeah. Bruce was in Atlanta at this point. He had started City of Refuge uh, in '97, and um, so I went there in 2007, about 20 years later. And he had moved to a, a warehouse campus and. I walked onto that campus and I said, "Oh my Lord, I can't believe it!" But I see what I need to do in Hopewell.
1: I, I, I saw. Was that almost immediate? When I mean, you literally. I mean,
2: he told me he goes because actually it was part of the Church of God mission at that time, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and um, he told me that a lot of pastors had visited his campus and questioned, you know, "You're doing a lot of benevolent work, but you know, where's the church and all of this?" And I remember saying to Bruce. I never walked into a place where I more felt like the church than I walked into right that place. Oh wow! And then we came back and we immediately start doing some work. We had Bruce come in and, and, and we developed action committee through the community. And that was the birthing place of City of Refuge Hopewell.
1: So how long has City of Refuge Hopewell been in existence now, then?
2: Four years. Four years. Yeah, we actually we started it with the idea of meeting the needs that were in our community. And then the Commonwealth Attorney of Hopewell reached out to me and said, will we be willing to partner with him about starting a recovery program for those that were struggling with addiction? Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, sure. But I thought we were just going to provide the building. I didn't Mm -hmm. know that I was going to end up being the— Directing, uh, <laughs> officer of this uh, program. Wow. Uh, I grew up in Nortonsville, you know. I, I, I didn't, I mean, if I smoked or drank, my dad beat the tar. Me. <laughs> yeah. um, that was your recovery program. That was my recovery program. Uh, yeah, I recovered early. I, I can tell you that. But, uh, it was, it was amazing. And then, uh, you know, as we started it, it, you know, we had to take it over and I've just been learning and growing and we have seen over 40. I think 47 uh, individuals that have come through our program and have uh, found recovery. And of those 47, we, uh, to our best recollection, only two or three have been arrested again or put back in jail. That's that's good statistics. So, uh, percentage wise, that's pretty astronomical that's when really you compare high. it to the national average. Yes. Yeah.
1: It's probably w- well over 90%. Yeah. That, that's powerful. And being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ.
2: Yeah. And, and you know, that's why I tell people that. You know, if you want to really uh, reach people, meet whatever need they have, yeah, you know, uh, and really, our church has grown through helping people through crisis, and there is a lot of crisis there, and you know sometimes there's not necessarily you know the success that we'd like to see every time, but you just keep feeding, you just keep
1: ministering and the door does open and you do see life change consistency uh, how can and we're, we're almost believe it or not we're almost finished uh, these bad preaching podcasts go quickly um every time we record but we're almost finished but before we hit the end can you tell everybody how could they help how could they sponsor city of refuge
2: well if you're interested in helping i mean you know every dollar we raise we we do our best to make sure it goes to those people that need it the most and um so if you'd like to help sponsor, you go to our webpage, It's uh, City of Refuge uh, Hopewell. Uh, I, I'm not exactly sure, but just get into the Google search. Do City of City Refuge, Refuge Hopewell. Hopewell. It'll uh-huh. take you right there. Right. And uh, you can uh, make a donation online or just reach out to me in some capacity. You can uh, mail support to our P.O. Box 379, Hopewell, Virginia, your okay. market, City of Refuge. And like I said, uh, we're just... Building support and yes. and wraparound
1: services for those that are in need. That's great, and we have actually from when you were here and spoke for us at yeah. revival, um, and you sang too that night. <laughs> Definitely sang. <laughs> yeah. uh, but we have uh, some pledge cards, and they are still on the tables just outside of the office. If anybody wants to get those and fill those out and support as well, thank you so much, Pastor thank Thurman
2: appreciate you guys inviting me. Hey, I, every, everything that I do, I, I, I really believe started here at Northland. I'm, I'm really grateful for the heritage that God has given me.
1: That is so awesome. Thank you, Pastor Thurman. You. Congratulations on your election to the State Council, first chair. And thank you all for listening Bad Preaching Podcast. Thanks for listening today.
0: Join us next week on Bad Preaching Podcast. <laughs>